You got a problem, you don't know what to do Your dreams are strange, and you're seeing things too The world is full of mystery Life's more than you can see You can ask pomegranate You can ask pomegranate She's a priestess Hello! Psychics, and welcome to Ask Pomegranate, the podcast. I am going to talk today about, I live in America, and I'm Canadian, and my parents are Irish, and I, so I was raised in an Irish culture in Canada, and now I moved to America, and these are all fine cultures, and I like them all, and I live inside all three of them, and it's really interesting and strange, because it makes me feel like I don't belong anywhere, and yet I feel feel like I belong everywhere. So I sort of don't understand everybody. And I sort of do understand everybody. It's a very strange place to live in the middle of things, not, in, not fully ensconced. And I think that's a kind of a common feeling for a lot of us that we don't feeling of belonging, but not quite belonging. And of course, what we have to do, uh, what my spiritual tradition tells us is we have to find where we belong inside of ourselves, right? And once we do, then from there, we can emanate our own culture. Um, culture is born inside of you. You carry culture inside of you. It is unique to you. It is belongs only to you. And it's your gift to share to the world. If you can't find the core of yourself and then emanate that, then we will never have had that. Because the only time it will exist is because of you. Martha Graham, the great um, inventor of modern dance, uh, says that. That's a paraphrase of her. So to sit in a place of self. So we always talk about this idea of grounding. We must ground, which means we remember we're in a body. Remember you're in a body, kids. You got it. Or the earth is here. Remember you're in a body. That's grounding essentially noticing that there's gravity as sparky t rabbit taught me he's like yeah you, we can ground we can do a lot of grounding but just notice there's gravity that'll ground you right there right oh there's gravity i'll try to escape oh look i'm back planet earth it hugs me it wants me well let me go so that's grounding but there's this question of centering i think we say the word centering but what is centering and what centering is 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 about you <laughs> and you the you in centering is not your ego what are other what are others thinking about me i really care what are other what are others thinking about me what do you think about me am i important am i bad am i good am i evil am i strong am i soft am i sad you know what am i and what do you think i have to define myself based on what your reflection of me is um it's not that it's like going below that going below the ego the ego is fine but we can't organize ourselves around our ego. Our ego has to organize itself around us. I, I think that also should be, a, I think that's another bumper sticker, guys. Our ego should organize itself around us. I might have to start a bumper sticker company, is what I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we go below the ego and we go into something more core that is really unique to you and is below also 
um, our emotions, but it is all, but it is contained inside of our heart. Our emotions are wonderful because they're like a roller coaster ride, right? And sometimes it's the roller coaster ride from hell, and sometimes it's the blissed out, you know, wonderfulness of the fantasticness moment of your life, and sometimes it's the hardship of happiness. People don't like happiness. By the way, happiness is the hardest emotion. So that's our emotions. So imagine that your emotions are this roller coaster ride, or it's like um, it's like your wa- I like to call it your water body, and on the surface of your water body, there's your emotions, and they're always going up and down, doing their own little dance. And then what we have to do though is sink down into our heart, deeper into what Colette Gardner calls your heart's desire, which is down there in the depths, and there is the core of who you are. It is unique, and from that place. Inside your heart is a burning fire that is your passion. And from there, if you can find that, let go of your ego. Got to let go of your ego because your ego doesn't always like this idea. And really find out who am I? What is my voice? What is my truth? What is my core sense of self? What do I believe in? What do I know to be true? As Oprah says, I'm saying a lot of people's names today. What do I know to be true? And from that core sense of self, that heart's desire, and what do I desire, which is not the same as want, because want's kind of ice cream and a house and stuff. But what do I desire? That call, that breath comes in, that inspiration, that arising up feeling. And from there, if you can hold on to that, that's a practice, by the way. It's a daily practice. You will be there and then lose it. But if you can get there once a day, at least, then from there, you emanate culture. This is where culture comes from. You emanate culture out of your soul, your body, your water body, your sense of self, your heart's desire, the burning flame. You emanate culture. And from there, you fill up your home with that culture and the people who come and go get influenced by you. And then you fill up your work with that culture and the people who you encounter get influenced by you. And then they find, and when you're in your heart's desire, they find their heart's desire. It's just a natural thing that happens. And suddenly around you blossoms an entire culture that comes out of who you are. And that is a powerful influence. And people may never know your name. It doesn't matter. You still were a powerful being informing the culture around you from a really whole well sense of self that is core and then the ego has got to get on board with that and help you move through the world because that's what the ego is from my point of view it's an armature onto which we drape ourselves it's like the bones of being on the planet for your personality it's like the bones and then i move about with my ego and greet people hello i am here and so that's that practice that daily practice of finding core self and emanating out and naturally you will influence the world and you know when you get old you'd look back and go wow that came from me i'm amazing you are amazing let's go to questions hi pomegranate uh so i recently moved and while i have no desire to go back home i feel like i never completely showed up at uh my new place and i just sense that i'm lacking a lot of the passion that i i usually have that invigorates my work and just everything that i do so um my question is how can i be more fully present and just restore the passion that i sense is missing all right thanks a lot bye 
Well, let me think about this for a second, because really there's any number of answers I could give you about this, and it's a little bit specific uh, to you. So partly I'm looking psychically at you and seeing what happened uh, right now, so I can answer you specifically. But I'll start with a general answer to this question for anybody moving. So when you're moving, uh, one of the things we have to understand is that we are living on land and land is power. Land is energy. Land is everything. I mean, you're getting your air from this land. Your lungs are filled with the air from the land you live on. Your body is full of the minerals from the land you live on. Your, um, your spirit is certainly expanded and in concert with the land you live on. So when you move, uh, you're, you're leaving that land, if you go any distance at all, and you're re, you have to reconnect with, the, with a new land and understand what it does. And one of the things that happens when you live on a land spirit is it comes right through you in all of the things you do. I mean, you know, why, one of the things that I, my spirit guides told me was people's accents are when you move you your accent will change i'm canadian but i speak with an oregonian accent um, unless i really think about it and that is that accent actually is an expression of the land spirit uh, so when you're hearing accents you're like oh this is what the land spirit's about right now it's what's going on um, so you are leaving that and when you leave that you you will carry some of it with you but you're also losing something and then you got to make a relationship with the new land spirit that you're going to and land spirits are important i mean some for some of us more than others some people it's not that big a deal like you can go from land spirit to land spirit and work with each one um for me like i i've got this kind of restriction where i am really only allowed to live a certain distance away from the willamette river and the columbia river <laughs> where they meet i have to actually be cl close at hand to the meeting of those two rivers and if i don't my life goes south pretty quickly and things don't really work for me and um, i've moved 50 miles away and was still on the willamette and it was like womp womp you know it wasn't good because i wasn't near enough to the columbia it's kind of restrict it's kind of a restricted way to live i have to <laughs> admit but the gifts i get from those two rivers are very very powerful and make everything possible in my life so there's that so what do you do about that well you ask the land spirit to um come with you in the degree that it can once you've lived on land you can tap back into the magic of that land um, because they know you and they made you i mean think about it not so much anymore, but really a lot of your body comes out of the land that spirit, your body is made out of its water. And if you eat locally, your body is made out of the uh, food of that land. We don't, none of us really eat totally locally anymore, but you get the picture. So your bones and your blood and your skin and Deepak Chopra says that your body replaces itself. Every cell in your body replaces itself once a year except for a few ligaments. It's not seven years, it's once a year. I know, it's amazing. So your body, you are that land. So it will take you a year once you move to grow a new body out of the land you're on. So part of it is have patience. You're growing a new body and you're growing a new relationship and you do get to carry that relationship with you from the other place. And one of the things I do um, is I, I gather rocks. I mean, I just take rocks with me. I'm, I, 
it's a little heavy when I move <laughs> because I have a lot of rocks to move. And you can bring a rock from that place that will carry that energy and hold that energy. We call them the rock people or the mineral people. And they will come with you and they will hold that energy for you if that's an important place for you. That the, especially if that was you're moving from a place that was a place of passion for you. You want to bring maybe a volcanic rock. Next time you go, you might want to grab one. If they if they if they have volcanic rock where you are, they have lots here where I live because I live on top of volcanoes. There's a active volcano about three miles away from me right now. Um, so that there's that. And when you go to the new place, always make an offering to the land spirits. See what spirit what spirit is the one like what identify the spirit that called you there, and try to make a relationship simply by making a offering one of the things you can do the easiest things in the world you can do is make an offering at the crossroads and the crossroads is anywhere two streets or two paths meet so you go down to the corner of your street and make an offering and just be like here i am introduce yourself it's just like everything you use your manners you introduce yourself you say i'm here you called me um i'm interested and i want i'm available and here's what I do, and I'm open to learning. You know, just the basic thing you do whenever you go to a new place, and if it was a person, how would you treat them? Especially if you wanted to, you know, work with them, which you do want to work with this land spirit since you moved there, unless you moved to the wrong place and it's not the right place for you, and you moved for brain, your brain told you to move there, but your soul didn't tell you to move there, your spirit didn't tell you to move there. Um, in that case, you might want to go, am I supposed to be here? Because it might be that your passion is gone because you are not in the right place. And I find that it, when I visit places that I used to live, my spirit guides will be like, you're not going to move here, you know, you're not going to move here. And I'll be like, I know I'm not going to move here. I don't want to move here. And they'll be like, just figure out you're not moving here. And they'll do that by taking my passion away and kind of deadening my experience of the place. And I, I, you know, I had to get into a big, long discussion with them about it one time. Like, look, dudes, I'm not moving back here. Can I just experience it and enjoy it for what it is and then go back to where you want me to be, which is within five miles of the confluence of Willamette and the Columbia Rivers. <laughs> oh, my God, they're so strict with me. They're so strict. So, so if you're not if you're in a place you're not supposed to be that deadening feeling of the lack of lack of passion could be because you're not actually in the right land spirit so look around what do you love about it what is it what is the land ally there for you like i was telling you for me it's these rivers other people who live in portland it's the mountain Mount Hood. Other people, it's the forest because we have, we have a lot of forest and we also have an ancestor forest here. Um, so what is the land spirit that calls you? Also for me, the other thing that really calls me um, is the land spirit called the city. So the city itself, the city of Portland is a land, an expression of the land spirit and it's a really vitally important part of my experience. Those are some things to think about. Another one is and I'm just looking at you and I'm thinking you left something energetically at the last place and it is a part of your center, like a part of your um, hominess, the place of feeling home was left there and you actually need to go and retrieve that. Now you do not need to get up and on, get on an airplane and go back there and retrieve it, but you need to call that part of your heart home. And this is really specific to you. 
and almost like I'm seeing is it it's maybe it's a house or it's somebody in the house maybe but I'm seeing like a tiny a smaller environment than the city or the town or the forest you were in I'm seeing you in a house and I'm seeing your heart in that house and so you actually need to call your heart back and also when you do that yeah it's not your whole heart it's just a part of your heart when you call your heart, you should be patient because it's going to take a while. I sense heartbreak. Um, it might not be recent heartbreak. It might be old heartbreak, but I sense heartbreak, and that's what's keeping you a little bit attached there. So call that in. Call that back to you and be patient. Let it, give, let, let it take a year. These things take time. Moving takes time. All right, so there's that. And the other thing you need to do, we, I recommend everybody do when they're moving, is really do a thorough magical or energetic clean of the house that you've lived in make offerings to the land and thank it um so you can do a clean by just you know the whole burning herbs thing herbs are amazing they're so restorative when you burn an herb it restores you it doesn't take your energy it doesn't burn you out um when you're doing a clearing or a healing i recommend to everybody they use tools of herbs and rocks to do those things um, or plants. The other way to clear out a house uh, really well of your energy is potatoes. I know it's not just because I'm Irish. <laughs> it's potatoes. Potatoes are amazing because they absorb and um, I healers and herbalists will tell you if you have an infection on your skin you put some raw potato on there and it will draw the infection out well it works the same way with energy so you can just cut some potatoes up and put them in the corners of your land or the house and it will absorb the energy out of that house you want to remove your energy from houses when you leave them uh, you don't want to leave that for anybody else to get in involved with or encounter you definitely want to leave doesn't mean you don't leave the house and the land and the, and the magical energy of the place better. It's just your personal energy needs to go. Just take it away with you and you clear it out with potatoes. And when you go into a new place, smudge, 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 potatoes, 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 salt if you need it. And also claiming the land itself that you're living in, claiming the house. And so a simple way to do that is with apples is you take an apple and you um, imagine what you want your life to be like in this new home. Uh, what kind of serenity and the, you want a house full of serenity? Do you want a house full of happiness and joy? Do you want a house full of creative activity? Do you want a working house? Do you want a calm house? Do you want a, a hermitage? What do you want? Imagine that. Uh, I always like to call in the guardians of the four elements. So you want to call in east for clarity and boundaries south for warmth and passion west for healing and knowledge and north for abundance and groundedness and you put that into the apple so put all this into the apple and then when you're ready you and you can put a little protective imagine a little protective circle around your house too you always want to do that have protection so a little circle of light around your house you put that into the apple you might if you work with deity you put the deity you work with into the apple and you just do this all holding your little apple and put it all in, put it all in there. And then you take the apple, you cut it into four quarters and you go around the outside edge of your land and you stomp each quarter into the corner of each part of your land. And as you do the fourth one, that magic that you put into the apple will unfold around your house. And there you go. And then you wanna renew that like once a year 
you don't have to do the whole Apple thing once a year, but you want to refresh it and see if you want to shift things or do something differently. So do it on, you know, do it on Halloween or do it on winter solstice or whatever closest day you move in there. And, and that's how you claim the land that you live on. And that also will help you feel more integrated to the land. And then you can throw a few threads out from that place of like, I would like to draw in people who are creative and kind and um, are in my karma in people I want to have in my car in my karma or people I want to be connected to or the people I'm supposed to meet here. And then you throw out another thing. I would like to be doing this kind of work in this town. Uh, Throw another thread out from there. I would like to have this kind of fun times and another thread. I would like to have this kind of abundance or wealth, you know, and think of the things that you want so that you're also not just creating a container, but also invitations to come to you. And this will really help you land in that new spot. But honey, what's with that heart? You know, I just keep seeing this little like, what I'm getting up is a little picture like of a sort of one of those Mexican hearts. And there's like a little cut out of a little square cut out of the side of it. And it's missing. And that is left behind in the last place you were. Well, thank you for that question. Five, two, zero. Two, 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 ninety-nine, twenty-two, ninety-nine, twenty-two. Visit my website at askpomegranate.com. Hi, Pomegranate. This is Lydia. My question for you is, what are the rock people? I was thinking for a while that it was too late to ask, but never too late. And before it gets any later... I would love your take on that one. Thanks. Bye. Who are the rock people? It's like Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones and Metallica, right? Isn't that the rock people? Okay. The rock people. Um, so there are seven realms of ancestry. Someday I will write a book on this. And so you have a lot of ancestors and these ancestors come in all forms and we get ancestors because we arrive on planet earth. This is the one we know about. There's probably other planets we arrive on, but we know about this one. And we can all agree that we are on planet Earth. So you arrive on planet Earth, and because you arrive, you enter into the stream of life, the great rolling stream of life, that coming and going of people, all the people coming and going. Um, from a spiritual level, I've heard it told that planet Earth is like Penn Station. It's just like this constant coming and going. Everybody wants to come, and then, of course, it's time limited, so then you go. And it's this rolling power of life. You enter into that when you arrive, and when you arrive, because you've arrived, because you've been born, this is called your birthright. And there are beings in the multiverses who have never been born. Okay? And here's the deal. When you get born and become a human or any kind of being on this planet, the spirit people on the other side are thrilled out of their minds because it's like you went and did this magnificent thing of being born. So again, remember, you're born, therefore you're a rock star. Oh, there's that word rock again. Um, um, So you get born when you get born you get to be in the stream of ancestry you get to have tap into ancestors and the ancestors are all attached to the earth here 
<clears throat> you have to get born and die in order to be an ancestor or you have to be of the earth and um this is about the ancestry comes in that we look at the history of the earth and what is the magical energy of the earth and um so what we have is these seven ancestral realms the way that i think about it is the following the way that i talk about it and teach and the information i've developed with myself and my good friend sage good and other people um we talk about it this way so you have the seven ancestral realms and the first realm is the realm of minerals and that the that means that you have ancestors that are made out of minerals those mineral essences of the earth through the building blocks of all things so your bones are made out of those minerals but originally they come from the fireball the fireball at the center of the earth is you know burning it's a star you know this we live on a star a cooling star right you know you live on a hot cooling star and that hot cooling star is this fireball that's rolling and roaring and as it comes to the surface it turn it cools and becomes rock and that is the initial ancestor is the rock people the cooling of the fireball becomes rock and those are the rock people or the mineral people or the gray bloods and they're the foundation of all things because from that from the those beings we gather our our own bodies from them and that <clears throat> that realm called the mineral people or the rock people um, to indigenous cultures and to spiritually um, spiritual cultures who understand that all things are living we understand that the rock people are living people that their lifespan is much much longer than us much much slower to come and go and that they're an important part of our foundations and so we can have a real direct relationship with the power of the mineral people through the rocks of the world and so little stones in your pocket or the giant rocks or and why do we want to climb mountains and get to the top of the mountains what are we looking for what are we getting we're trying to get a relationship with the rock people mountains are held sacred because they are the rock people they're the rock people rising up either through volcanic action or through plate action tearing against each other we come and we want to go to those high spiritual places because that's where we go and we really meet those rock people we have a direct relationship with them and um it's very important And why do we fall in love with geodes and why do we want to have earrings that are made out of them all of our jewelry we're like walking around with little rock people on our ears you know all of our jewelry is like diamonds and emeralds and pearl i mean not pearls but diamonds and emeralds and all these rocks that we wear it's because we need to have a relationship with them because they're our ancestors and they hold certain everyone has a different energetic pattern than the next just like different dogs have different breeds or different cats or different personalities different rocks have different energy patterns that you may particularly need that they come and they support you because the ancestor's job is to come and support you and so that that rock people is the foundational ancestor so when you have them on your body whether you know it or not you're calling in that magic like i just love emeralds well that's you talking to a particular rock that has a particular energy so that's what the rock people is and that's only one of the seven realms of the ancestral realms but I'm not going to talk about the rest right now. I'm just going to talk about that one. Thank you for that question. Five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two. 
What are you doing the weekend of June 6th and 7th? How about attending a weekend workshop on the magic of fairy, taught by Pomegranate Doyle herself and the fabulous Sage Good, who will be traveling to Portland from Canada to spend the weekend with you immersed in the realms of fairy. Our ancestors knew how to connect with fairy, and in this weekend workshop, you will learn how to reach out and connect with the realms and beings of fairy that are right for you. Sage Good and Pomegranate Doyle have over 50 years of experience between them teaching people how to connect with fairy. To find out more information, visit greenwitchapothecary.com. That's greenwitchapothecary.com. The Magic of Fairy, a weekend workshop in Portland, Oregon, June 6th and 7th. Would you like to leave a question for Ask Pomegranate? You can call me 520-222-9922. But if you're a bit shy about being on voicemail, you can also write me an email at askpomegranate at gmail.com or go to my Facebook page, Ask Pomegranate Podcast, and write a message there. We can do all kinds of questions. Hi, Pomegranate. This is Val calling from Seattle. And recently I was reading a book about the mental causes for physical illness and the ways to overcome them. And the way it's set up is that it has um, a list of health problems and then their probable cause and new thought patterns that you can try. And um, I stumbled upon a section about birth defects and under the probable cause that says karmic. You selected to come that way. We choose our parents and our children. Unfinished business. Um, I, You know, it made me think of my brother who has a developmental disability and when I think of a lot of the hardships he's been through, I honestly find it upsetting to think that, you know, maybe he selected to come that way. Um, and you know, makes me wonder why someone would choose to do that. So I'm just curious if you subscribe to to that set of beliefs that um, we select to come here a certain way and we choose our parents and our children. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Thanks. Val, thank you for that question. Do we plan on what happens to us before we come here? Is Do I subscribe to this is your question. What do I think? And um, Val also left the name of the book. I can't remember the name of the book, but it was by Louise Hayes. And so when you bring up her name and her work, I become a little trepidatious because although I think there is some value in her work, um, and I certainly value her uh, leading the charge around the topic of what's the spiritual consequences of illness, I also think there's a lot of ways in where it becomes so simplified as to as to completely miss the point of what it is to be in a body that is suffering, what it is to be ill to and to and then also very easily and in fact I think sometimes she actually does this or maybe it's just my inherent catholic guilt that projects this onto Louise Hayes, but I feel there's a lot of guilt tripping inside that system of like, well, now see you got AIDS because you were this. 
And actually, we are biological animals, and we do live um, in a world full of viruses and bacteria and things that, you know, through no fault of our own, we can encounter and then have this whole experience with them. Now, from a spiritual standpoint, are those experiences valuable? Absolutely. My philosophy is whatever happens to you is always valuable um, to you eventually in the end. <laughs> now, those of us who are on planet Earth and living uh, know that lovely things that are valuable are often sheer torment at the time. And so it's hard for us to have this high-minded spiritual reconciliation with the idea that um, this pain that I'm in is useful or valuable. In fact, it's really just kind of a pain, you know. I mean, there are some things that happen to us that are just actually accidents. I mean, one of the things about being on planet Earth is you can have an accident. You can, you know, you come to a crossroads and through no fault of your own, you make a choice. And then that's a choice that you live with for the rest of your life because you get a virus from it. And should we go around making people feel shameful about themselves about that? No. I mean, shame. there's no shame in spirituality, people. I should make a bumper sticker out of that one. There's no shame in spirituality. <laughs> so Dr. Brene Brown tells us that shame is the idea. Shame is an idea that generates emotions, complex of emotions. Shame is an idea that tells us there's something inherently wrong with me and I can do nothing to correct that. And that, uh, she says, is not true. And I agree with her. We're, it's not true. There's nothing inherently wrong with you. You are perfect in this moment. So me saying you're perfect in this moment brings me back to my actual take on what it is to have an illness in this life from a spiritual standpoint or a disability or, I mean, I have a lot of disabilities and I've gone through a lot of pretty intense illnesses. So my experience, direct experience of it is... Uh, that that is a valuable teacher that you can learn to work with rather than work against. And that it's helpful when you're going through your process, which you will go through of being like, I don't like this. I don't want this. I wish this would stop, that that's okay. And that it's really helpful to try to move through that and go to, all right, what can I get out of this? And you can get a spiritual teaching from any experience. So that's sort of more what I would take it on as not, well, you were, you were holding this energy and so therefore you got this illness or you have, you know, you have pancreatic cancer because you didn't grieve your uh, child's death. You know, I mean, yes, it's too, life is too complex for such a simplification of illnesses. It's like, yeah, sure. Um, when your child dies, it will bring up grief and grief tends to reside in the pancreas. And so then that puts an extra pressure on your pancreas, but also so does eating fried food. And so does eat, drinking a lot of alcohol. I mean, or, you know, so it's, uh, you are too complex for simplicity. So I will say it that way. What I want to say about, do we come here planning on having a disability? Um, yeah, we do. I mean, the thing is, from a spiritual standpoint, and you don't have to even, this isn't important to understand or grasp or grapple with even as a human. We're here to be human. We're here to have like, I hate this. Why is this happening to me? Oh my God, wait, I, I went through that whole horrible thing and I got so much out of it. It was so wonderful, but it, I would never give it up. All of the horrible things that have happened to me in my life, I would never give up, right? I'm going to keep those things because those things made me 
who I am and allowed me to become the voice that I have now. And I don't want to reject that. At the time, if you had said, I can take this away from you, oh, it would have been so gone. <laughs> right? So you don't have to care about this idea at this moment uh, that you designed it before you came. You designed some of it. You, the design you came here with uh, it's not going to be what you do. It's like when you take a trip, you design the trip, you research the trip, you get down the ground and different things happen. And that is what it is to be a human. You have some hopes of resolving some karma and engaging in some new karma. And, you know, it's the Dalai Lama talks about how lucky we are to come here. We are very lucky to come here because we get to have amazing, complex experience of, you know, pain, sorrow, happiness, joy, abandonment, uh, embracing all of those things that you get because of the limitations of the human experience and the parameters of the earth. You get those things. We get to have this amazing experience of being here. That's one way to think about it. Another way to think about it, it's a pain in the ass to be here. It's painful and scary and isolating and lonely and difficult. And really pretty soon after we arrive, we often as humans go, can I get out? When can I leave? And you know, most people who report near death experiences, once they die, they like don't want to come back. <laughs> they're like, I don't want to go back. I went and they're like, go back. Because we are here developing our karma, developing our psyche, developing ourselves as beings. It's lots of fun. The people on the other side who never come into manifestation think we're rock stars and we're doing awesome. They think like the worst, hor most horrible person who made all the creepiest, grossest mistakes. Like maybe sometimes I feel like that's me. I don't know. Um, they think those people are the super rocks, badass rock stars of the universe. And when you go back, they're like, oh man, you manifested. It was like amazing. You made all those awesome mistakes and you had all those horrible experiences. So I don't know if I've talked about this before on my show, but I had a past life where I was kind of like a mass murderer. I mean, I, I was, you know, I was just killed a lot of people. And when it was really bad. And it, when I got back, they were really happy to see me. And look at me now. I'm not killing anybody. I'm trying to help everybody. This is partly my karma, I'm sure. <laughs> working, working, working in service to help people uh, to be supportive and to stop killing them. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. Everybody who I killed in that life. <laughs> that was bad. Um, but as you see, you, you probably got born again, so it's all okay. Um, so yes, you do, but whatever, it's good for you later. You'll really enjoy it, but here we suffer and that's the nature. It's really complex. And so try to, I try to not be too simplistic when thinking about these things. So sometimes it's an accident. Sometimes it's what I chose. Sometimes it was, I changed my mind and did this, or sometimes I wasn't listening to my spirit guides and decided to kill a lot of people. Thanks for that question, Val. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. Jesus. For more podcasts and special offers, visit my website at askpomegranate.com. Hey, Pomegranate. Someone talked to me in my sleep, 
And it kind of gives me the shivers to even say that out loud. How do you recommend I protect myself um, before I go to sleep? Okay, thanks so much. Okay, Wendy left a really long message that was an edited version. And basically, she was asking about sleeping. And um, she's having trouble because when she sleeps, she sometimes hears dark voices with evil laughter. She was a raised fundamentalist Christian. Um, she's had a demon cast out. And she has wondering what's going on. And maybe she's just having a bad day. Or maybe it's spiritual. Or maybe it's problematic. And what should she do? So, Wendy, it's a really important question to talk about sleep because many psychics will gather their most important uh, psychic information at the liminal moments. Those are the edge moments. So that's the moment between when you are asleep and when you're awake. And that goes both ends of waking and sleeping. So I get my best, I, I call it my psi mail, my psychic mail. I lay down to sleep, and if there's something particular going on, as I drift, I just go, can I see my sign mail? And then I just allow the images to float across my mind's eye, and I allow um, the voices to speak to me. And usually I get images as I go to sleep, and I get voices when I wake up. And the images will inform me, especially if I drop a question, um, before I, uh, before I, you know, lay down, I'll just drop a little question into the world. And as I'm drifting, the answer will come sometimes at that moment, sometimes during sleep. And often for me, it comes in the morning as I first wake up and I'm so, I'm a very slow waker. So I'm very groggy and I'm not thinking about my day or anything. And what happens is my spirit guides sing songs to popular lyrics to me and they'll pick a section of those lyrics and they'll sing them over and over and over again and that's my answer now when they do this it's not my I should not they tell me sing more take in more of the lyrics than the ones that they give me so I might know the whole song but I'm only supposed to pay attention to um you know, baby, baby, where did our love go? And not talk about it anymore, you know, or ain't no mountain high enough. I don't know why Diana Ross is on my mind. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no mountain high enough over and over again. Um, if they don't give me to keep me from you, then I don't integrate that into my answer. So that's the way I do it. You got to figure out your way to do it to get your psychic information. But this is all to say, the sleeping time is a very important time psychically because of course you are not you're not on the planet <laughs> you know that is like like i say every 16 hours our bodies go or our spirits go i can't do it anymore i gotta get out of here you know it's hard to be on planet earth we talked about that in an earlier question so our bodies drop to the earth and our spirits go, get me out of here. I got to go travel, do things, be free of the, of the mortal coil. Um, so that is a very delicate time psychically obviously in every possible way. I mean, when you're asleep, your body's vulnerable, your psyche is vulnerable, everything's vulnerable. So yes, the voices come to you then. Now let us pause to talk about voices and visions, parentheses around that. Um, 
why am I not diagnosed schizophrenic? I don't know. Maybe I could get diagnosed schizophrenic or bipolar if I went to a doctor and told them I have visions. I have voices in my head telling me what to do. I really don't have a whole lot of choice around it. I mean, I have some choice. I certainly have free will, but I choose not to. I do what they tell me to do. I mean, this is starting to sound like I have a mental illness. And I think, you know, one of the ways we repress our psychic abilities is we get, you know, thought of as crazy. We get told we're crazy. We're told that we're, you know, something's wrong with us. And sometimes we do, sometimes it is an actual mental illness. And the difference between me and someone who's suffering from the voices is I don't suffer from the voices and the voices that I talk to are very clear. And when, and I listen to them because when I do what they tell me to do, my life goes really well. So as a result the proof is in the pudding of the voices. Now there are, I have heard other voices that were not good for me and were telling me to do stupid dumbass stuff in my head. Sometimes it was the voice of like, you know, the ancestral wounding voice of like, you're crap, you're horrible and you're a piece of crap. So whenever you hear stuff like that, you have to always go, you know, what is the value of this? So when we have, when we have voices that disturb us, hurt us, cause us problems, um, in acupuncture, a lot of acupuncture circles, you might, they would, they would say that you had a demon in you and that that demon is speaking through you. And that, um, is treatable by acupuncture. This is what's fascinating. Things that we call in Western culture, schizophrenia, bipolar one, bipolar two, mood swing disorders have, I have seen work acupuncture treatments for those things. I, I said that like I'm Yoda. I have seen work acupuncture treatments for those things. <laughs> Suddenly Yoda is telling you about this. Um, so, so that is an imbalance. It is an infection of some kind. It is uh, from a spiritual standpoint or a, shaman, a, sh a priestess standpoint as a healer, uh, that is treatable through healing, through medication, thank you medication, and through psychologists, psychiatrists, if they're good, and acupuncture, especially five elements. So that is just, I just want to address voices that tell you dumb stuff or haunt you or cause you problems that in parentheses. Okay. Now, and for that parentheses, if you are having those kind of voices, then please go to a five elements acupuncturist and talk to them about it because they can help you through herbs and acupuncture. It's amazing what they can do. And parentheses. Now, back to the question of what do we do about these voices and sleep time? So you have to be in protected space when you're going to sleep if you're a psychic. Everybody should be in protected space when they go to sleep, right? This is why when we go to bed, we lock our front door and our back door, unless you're from New York and you lock it all day. I, uh, it's up to you. But you that's an act of protection. You're saying, I will protect my body while I lay asleep. I lock my doors and I make sure my windows are not easy to break into. And that's what I do. We have to do the same thing for your psyche. Because your psyche is looking for information. It's trying to process what happened to you today. It's trying to steer you in tomorrow's day. And it's trying to give you the information and download the information you need about whatever is troubling you. And you are also going off on adventures to places. And uh, so you have to keep your house physically clean and spiritually clean and also give it a container like lock the door so i've talked in other podcasts 
cast a circle. What is casting a circle? One more time. You use your energy and your intention to say my, and you draw in the energy of the earth itself. And you say, uh, with my little finger, I point and draw a circle around my house. Ta-da! I'm in a magical circle that is protection. Okay. That's it's simple as that. And, but you also have to keep, uh, your space psychically clean, which means and just do it when you're cleaning. Just be like, I'm clearing the energy. You use salt, you use smudge, you use potatoes. I think I'm going to talk about that in another uh, question today to clear the energy out. And we should be doing spring cleaning and monthly cleaning and using pro- plant products in our cleaners that um, are non-chemicalized, like orange stuff that really clears the energy or rosemary uh, oil or things like that because rosemary and lavender are both good boundary plants and that clears and cleans and and that allows your space to be a psychically clean place for you to be in just like you sweep your floor you have to sweep the energy so just when you're cleaning sweep the floor and just with your intention because intention is nine tenths of the magic with your intention just be like i'm sweeping out old dusty cruddy energy we don't need anymore i'm sweeping out the argument we had last night by the way, it's fine to have arguments with your family as long as you're kind while you do it. Um, Americans are so against arguing. I don't get it. Why can't we argue in, in this in this country? Like, you can't just, like, have a, a, a good old, like, let's have an argument. There's so much shame around that. That's another little aside. I just went off. Okay, back back to your question. So sweeping the energy out. Okay, so that's basic psychic hygiene of your home. It's very important. Your bedroom is very important. What do you have in your bedroom? Do you have too many electronics in your bedroom? Do you have a TV in your bedroom? Let me tell you something. A TV is a giant gate for energy and beings to come into your house. Your computer is a giant gate. You want to clear the energy off of that when you're cleaning it. And you want to have your computer, your phone, and your TV all have wards on them. I know I've talked about wards in the past. Do I have to talk about them again? I do. Kayleen is telling me I have to talk about wards. Okay. So you have to have these things warded. And the simplest way to, to get a ward together is just think of a little creature that you like. Like a, I don't know, like a bee. I like bees. So I use bees. And then just rub your hands together. Here's me. Here's the sound of me rubbing my hands together. Until you feel that energy form like a ball of energy and allow that to be bees or whatever you like, spiders or snakes or ravens, I don't care. And you just make it into a little thing. You feel it form in your hand. Your intention is this is this is my ward that's going to alert me and keep weird things out and alert me if something does get in. And then you make sure you give that little little float on its own and then give it a little grounding cord and enter, little drop a little energy down into the earth so that it gets its life and vitality from the earth, not from you. Do you not want to have wards that are drawing energy from your body because that'll make you sick? And then you ward your front door, your back door, your windows, your mirrors, your computer, your telephone, your TV. Now, don't have a TV in your bedroom, though, if you really, guys, don't do it. (laughs) It's not good. But because you want to have a really clear, calm space for dreaming. Then if that, in addition to that, you need to like put a necklace on that's a protective necklace for you while you travel and while you dream and while you gather psychic information, then you do that. If you do all that and you still have demonic laughter and evil, then you're getting psychic information you need to pay attention to and read. That's important. The, the psychic realm here on the earth is very chaotic. It's like, 
it's like the back alley of the worst, uh, you know, creepy alley you can go to. Once you open the psychic doors, you're pretty much the first place you end up is out in the back alley with all the creepy weirdos that are going to kind of come after you. And that's why you got to learn how to protect and clear your space so that you don't go out into that back alley. So you learn to go to where the information is useful and valuable to you and you don't get infected with weird crap and you don't become harmed. And I'm glad your mother removed the demon of guilt from you. That was a good thing. Let me say one more thing about demons. Demons. <laughs> what are they? Why do we talk about them? I don't know if I've talked. I don't know if I've said this before, but it's worth reiterating. Demons are generated mostly by human beings. Okay. Okay. Because that's the deal. They're not some underworld power that is out to get you that's bad because the underworld is good and beautiful. It has some strong energies you got to be careful with, but and maybe not even bother because it's not your business. But demons are generated by humans and they are generated by the process of cursing. What is a curse? A curse is the opposite of a prayer. So when you have thoughts that are healing and good for and healthy for yourself or others, you generate a prayer, right? We all know what a prayer is. When you are having vicious, not just casual gossip and questioning, but vicious gossip or vicious thoughts, really cruel or mean thoughts towards yourself or others, you're developing a curse. You go over that curse enough times with enough energy. This is witchcraft, guys. It's basic. Everybody sort of practices this on accident. If you do this enough, eventually the curse becomes a demon. The demon becomes a being, which is, by the way, generated from you, therefore feeding on your energy, and has gone off to whoever you've sent it to, whoever you were thinking about when you were doing, created all that cursing, it became a demon, usually we do that to ourselves and then we do it to others um and it goes off and it haunts them and for every demon that you send off to someone else you you also send one to yourself that's what a demon is and now a demon will say i am big and scary and powerful and you cannot defeat me but actually they're kind of like made out of nothing so all you have to do is just go i call my demons back and i compost them and i am so sorry to me if i did it to myself and i'm so sorry to you and now i send you a prayer of healing please forgive me. That was dumbass. Okay. I know I've said this before, but it's worth talking about again. Since you are dealing with demons um, from your childhood. And that's what it is. So you can clear demons off. And let everybody do it. I always think everybody should do it when I talk about it. Let's all just call our demons back. God, I hope I don't have any more out there. Demons, come on back. <laughs> that's my karma. I am so sorry. And then just rub your hands together and go slap them into the ground i compost that cursing that turned into again i compost it go back to the earth i'm so sorry and we generate a prayer a blessing i hope you're doing good i don't like you maybe but i still hope and bless you and hope you're doing good you don't have to like everybody to send a prayer to them you you can dislike them seriously and want to stay the hell away from them but you still can go i hope you will heal or healing and do the, the best is coming to you and you send that out and that's a prayer. And if you do that enough, it becomes, I'm sorry, I'm Catholic. I use these words. It becomes an angel, you know, it just becomes a guardian angel for that person. But when you do do that ground that again, imagine that the energy for that angel 
comes from the earth so that you're not it's not feeding on you we always want to when we generate beings which we can do because we're amazing we always want to ground it to the earth so it has its own vital life force um okay so that's me going over that topic one more time just because it seems quite pertinent in this discussion and i'm glad your mom removed that demon from you so just do some protection do your psychic clearing Banish the demons, just like I said. And you can do the same thing with demons people have sent to you, is just banish them and just be like, no, you don't get to hang out with me. I don't actually choose to have demons as my teacher. Thank you, no. <laughs> and you just do the same. Do they clear it, snap it into the ground, re reinforce your protection, and get about your day cooking your dinner. Okay, Wendy, I hope that helps. What are you doing the weekend of June 6th and 7th? How about attending a weekend workshop on the magic of fairy taught by Pomegranate Doyle herself and the fabulous Sage Good, who will be traveling to Portland from Canada to spend the weekend with you immersed in the realms of fairy. Our ancestors knew how to connect with fairy. And in this weekend workshop, you will learn how to reach out and connect with the realms and beings of fairy that are right for you. Sage Good and Pomegranate Doyle have over 50 years of experience between them teaching people how to connect with fairy. To find out more information, visit greenwitchapothecary.com. That's greenwitchapothecary.com. The Magic of Fairy, a weekend workshop in Portland, Oregon, June 6th and 7th. Well, thank you for that wonderful podcast with all those questions. And remember, you're very special. There's nothing wrong with you. And we know you're special because you're just like everybody else. Unique. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She